Sleep is more important than studying until 1 a.m. Your memory will literally be absolute crap if you get little to no sleep. What I mean by that is like less than five hours of sleep. Okay. So college Ashley thought that she had to procrastinate and make sure she studied until she literally fell asleep on her book and then have to go take a final the next morning. Um, I don't think I remembered anything I learned that night before. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley Eggle, and it's my birthday week. I'm not going to downplay how excited I am about turning 30, which has inspired this episode for me to talk to you about 30 pieces of advice I would give younger Ashley. Um, and when I mean younger Ashley, I mean Ashley from when she was little to the travel ball Ashley, to even the college and professional Ashley, she needed some advice. And I'm hoping that at least one or two of these pieces of advice, maybe more, resonate with you or your athletes and maybe give you an idea of maybe what your athletes are going through or thinking about, especially at a young age. So really excited about this episode. I spent a good amount of time thinking of these 30 things I thought it would be really hard to come up with these 30 things, but it took me about 15 minutes. So that tells you um, how much advice little Ashley needed at a young age. But starting off, number one, we're just getting right into it. Being different is a good thing. Now, I used to think that the fact that I was different than most in regards to you know, setting this big dream or goal of playing D1, I thought that was something that wasn't very cool. (laughs) Um, And and it wasn't, you know, my family or myself even saying that. It was like other people saying that, you know, that's so weird that you would do that. Um, You know, setting big goals for yourself. Like, what if you don't reach them? Like a lot of people just doubted it. But I had to realize that in pursuit of that goal, I was going to be different. And so that's why I made sure this one was number one is being different is a great thing. If you're different than other people, that makes you unique and don't ever lose sight of that. Speaking of which, number two, stay awkward. (laughs) The reason why I end every episode with stay awkward um, as one of the, the little slogans is simply because awkwardness, I used to like really downplay it and I used to get really embarrassed when I was awkward. And I'm a very awkward human being. If you know me any more than just this podcast, you would definitely know, or maybe just 
even listening to the podcast, you think, yeah, you're pretty weird. I used to try to hide that. And so I would get embarrassed all the time if I tripped. Um, I was the little kid who had huge feet. And when I say little, I was like 5'1 going into high school, but I had these massive feet. So like every once in a while I would trip and fall and it would be super embarrassing. But like I needed to just start owning the fact that that's just part of who I am. I'm very awkward. My best friend, my maid of honor, she would probably agree that I was very awkward and that she was also very awkward. And I learned that when I started owning my awkwardness, I didn't have to say sorry anymore for for being that. So once I started owning my awkwardness, I feel like I really unleashed a little superpower in myself. Number three that Ashley needed to definitely hear is, this might be the big one for a lot of people, stop caring what other people think. I was the biggest people pleaser and I still kind of am. I'm trying to work my way out of it, but massive people pleaser and that really gets me nowhere. It does make me hyper aware of other people and surroundings. And as someone who serves a lot of people throughout my business, my training, my podcast, I do have to think of other people, but I can't only focus on what they think because then I will lose sight of what I think and what I want to share and what I want to do. Um, So I used to care way too much about what other people thought of me, which caused me to say sorry a lot for reasons I don't need to say sorry. Like you need to say sorry sometimes, but I was literally saying sorry um, for being my awkward self and, and that's not cool. So I need to stop caring what other people think. The only person that I truly care what she thinks of me is my grandma. <laughs> like, I think if we go about our life thinking, okay, as long as my grandma likes me, I'm going to be okay. (laughs) Um, Obviously I'm married. I have a dog. I hope they like me too. But like, if my grandma likes me, that means I'm doing okay. Um, Now, maybe you have a person in your life that you think of as that for you, but stop caring what other people think. It'll, it'll make you lose sight of who you truly are. All right. Number four, this has a lot to do with the number three, but not everyone is going to like you and that's okay. Again, as a people pleaser, I thought everybody needed to like me. So to fit into this friend group, I had to do certain things to be friends with these people. Same thing with this other friend group. And I would like constantly be losing myself trying to please everyone around me and just so they would like me. And I and I did that in high school. I did that beyond high school, like college. I started really leaning into who I was in college and not caring what other people thought as much of me in college. But I mean, even the in professional world, when I'm around all these other All-Americans and professional players, like I literally just may, met Jenny Finch at the NFCA convention. And I didn't care if I was myself around her. I obviously... A lot of people fangirled around her, but I was just like, hey, it's so great to meet you. Like, I grew up watching you play and you've been a huge inspiration. I had no problem having that conversation because I didn't care if I walked away from that conversation with Jenny liking me. I just wanted to share with her that I respect her as a person and just enjoy watching her play and enjoy the work that she does. So when I started leaning more into that, I kind of found my own superpower. So really understanding that your conversations with people, it's not to make people like you. Be yourself always. Okay, so that's number four. 
Number five, and this one is inspired by last week's episode with my sister, Anna. One of the things that I admire most about Anna is that she stands up for herself and always has since we were young. We shared a little bit on last week's episode. And if you haven't listened to it yet, please go do it. It was one of my all-time favorites. I keep saying that about my siblings and interviewing them, but they blow me out of the water. They have done it all three times I've interviewed the two of them. And you're just going to love it. But anyway, Anna is so good at standing up for who she is and making sure that the people around her respect her. Now, I will say it's it's one of those like fine lines where like obviously there are some battles that you should choose and some that you shouldn't. Um, and I think Anna's learned the hard way which battles to choose and which ones not to. Well, like she always stood up for herself with our dad, with her coaches, like She's, she's, she wasn't standing up for herself to prove like, hey, I'm the one that's right. It was more of, hey, like we all can get better here by me sharing my authentic self. And I think that she just owns that so well. And I, I really didn't, when my dad would say things, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even fight back at all. Even if um, I knew he was wrong in a situation or I, I needed to defend myself, I, was, I just took it and ran. I just took the heat and I ran off. I never really stood up for myself and I had to learn that muscle much later in life. So I hope that number five can inspire you to just stand up for what's right. Don't be afraid to ruffle feathers, like stand up for what you know is right. Thank you, Anna, for choosing number five for me (laughs) and go listen to that episode if you haven't already. Number six, this one has like nothing to do with softball, but quit overthinking what to wear. I can't tell you how many hours I've wasted in my life trying to figure out what outfit to wear. And this is even a recent one for me. But like in high school, it was easy. In grade school, it was easy. I grew up having to wear a uniform. So like literally you just choose what color polo you're going to wear that day. But like all in all, because I think I cared so much about what other people thought of me, I would like spend an hour trying to just pick out an outfit because I didn't feel confident in anything. And I should have just like put on what I felt felt good and just called it a day. I find that when I'm my most confident self, it's easy to pick out an outfit. So I need to stop overthinking what to wear and maybe you do too, but like it, it just wastes so many hours in your day. Like don't waste your time. Literally just pick out the outfit you feel good in and just call it a day. And don't have to rash. You don't have to rationalize why you chose the outfit because nobody actually cares. <laughs> In the long run, nobody actually cares what you're wearing. All right, number seven. I wrote "Ask for Help," and I I made this one specifically for in the classroom. Now I believe I had like a slight learning. I don't know if I want to call it a disability, but learning for me was much different than my peers and even some of my siblings. So when it came down to like grades in school, I hated school because I did not learn things as fast as other people learned them. I learned this about myself later on that I'm a very visual learner. So like when there was a book that like had pictures and I know that sounds lame, I grasped that information so much better than if it was just like long pieces of text. And it took me a while to learn and understand that. So 
having the courage to ask for help, especially from my professors, um, even just like middle school teachers, letting them know like this, I don't understand this. I needed to just get out of my own way and my own ego and truly just say I need help because I feel like my whole experience in school and even beyond would have been so much better if I would have just stood up for myself and just said, I need help. And that takes a really hard, um, it's really hard to do that, but I truly believe my experience would have been a million times better to just ask for help with homework, ask for help with, um, you know, when I needed an extension, on a homework assignment, it wasn't because I was lazy. It was because I truly needed more time to do it. Like when I tell you some people could get an assignment done in 15 minutes, I was at an hour or two to that. And that's me for one assignment. So asking for help, asking for extensions, like because you genuinely need them is not a weakness. So if you need to ask for help, especially in school, please do it. Do it, do it, do it. I even didn't even ask help from my family and I should have because I needed all the help I could get. Um, Now I'm not saying my grades were very poor. I think I don't need to share my GPA. It wasn't bad at any point in time, but I spent so much time on my school that I truly did need help so that I could make it. And in college, I started asking for help, which was great, but I think I waited too long. So ask for help if you need it. All right, number eight. This has to do with seven a lot. The way you learn is different. So own it. So like I said, I am a visual learner. If I would have gone up to every coach, every teacher that I had and said, I am a very visual learner, I feel like most of those teachers and coaches would have had more empathy towards me and maybe provided resources that could help me with the work that I was asked to do. I think my my favorite coaches I ever had, they knew this about me. Um, So when they, and this is actually how I coach as well for the most part, is I like to show somebody how to do a certain swing or show somebody how to do do a certain drill before I ask them to do it because words kind of like go over my head sometimes and I need to see it. So I, I learned that I'm a visual learner. So if I could maybe pull up a video around what this coach or this teacher was trying to teach me, I found myself really being able to absorb it better. So if I would have leaned into that a little bit more, known that I was a visual learner much earlier, I feel like I would have had more success. So that's why seven and eight, I kept around like asking for help and owning how you learn. Understand that you learn differently than other people and that's normal. That's okay. Um, you, you, that's not a deficiency, but it is something that we need to learn how to navigate if you're the way I am or if you're a different way. So start owning that. All right, number nine. This one I referred to in episode 80, which was the time I hated softball. If you have not listened to that, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes for you to listen into. But this one, number nine is, don't let someone's opinion of you change how you think of you. I'm gonna say it one more time. Don't let someone's opinion of you change how you think of you. The reason why this one stands out to me as one of the top of the 30 that I chose today is because I spent way too much time defining myself based on how my professional coach saw me. You're going to have to listen to the episode, but essentially I was told by this coach, like, hey, you're probably not going to start once the Women's College World Series 
players get here. And, you know, my old self would say, okay, fine, I'll prove you wrong and I'll I'll prove that I can be in this lineup. But for some reason, I let someone else's opinion of me who I gave probably more respect to than I, than I should have because she didn't know me. I needed to understand that she did not know me the way I know me. But I let her dictate how I felt about me by simply saying those words. So don't let someone else's opinion of you, unless it's grandma, <laughs> change how you think of you. Okay? Now, again, it's my grandma that I choose here, but there should be like one or two people in your life who you do truly care about what they think of you. Someone who doesn't know you should not should not make you think of you worse than who you think of you as. So that's why I put an emphasis on number nine. Again, that's episode 80. If you want to refer back to it, um, there was a time I hated softball and that's my story. Um, but I got out of it and I promise it ends on a good note. <laughs> All right, number 10. I want to say we're halfway there, but we're not. Likes on social media do not matter. They do not matter. If you define your self-worth based on the likes that you get, you're going to you're going to have a miserable life. And I spent the early parts of my business 5 years ago really defining how how my business was doing based on how many likes I was getting on social media. That's not how that works. When I heard on social media that if your post, and this is, I I try to be more of like service on social media. I try to give out information that is educational, inspiring, motivating. So my goal is to at least motivate one person or inspire one person to stand up and be better. I've had posts that have had less than 50 likes. And I've had posts that have had over a thousand likes, which is great. And it definitely helps me with what content to create in the future. But I used to define myself based on those numbers. And if you find yourself defining yourself based on those numbers, listen up. They don't matter. In the long run, if you've been your authentic self, that's what matters. If you've shared what you needed to share, that's what matters. We put so much emphasis on likes that we forget who we are. And I don't want you to go down that rabbit hole that Ashley did a few years ago. So likes don't matter. Impact does. Uh, number 11, this was an, is so important to me. So remember how like learning is a little tougher for me. I did not understand the power of scheduling your week until I got to college and I had a mentor that taught me how to do this. So like from, from scheduling every hour of my day, if I didn't do that in college, I wouldn't have made it. If I wouldn't have scheduled from the time I wake up, which is like 5 a.m. because we had a 6 a.m. lift, all the way to 11 p.m. when I went to sleep, which I probably should have slept more, and I'm about to get to that one here soon. But if I did not plan from school, softball, homework, study tables, training tables, like all of these different things that were required to do. If I did not schedule that, I'd have been burnt out. I would have quit. I almost quit at one point in time. But I wish I would have learned how to schedule out my day and schedule out my week far sooner. So in episode 110, I talk about how to balance being a student athlete. And I talk a lot about scheduling and how to specifically do that. 
So if you want to go to 110 and learn a little bit about that, you can go there. But when I learned how to schedule my everyday, my everyday, I got so much more done. I felt way more productive. I felt like I had like extra time. And who who feels like they have extra time these days? But I truly do feel like I have extra time when I plan my day. So um, go to episode 110 if you want to learn how to schedule your day. And I've talked about it before, but my friends at Always Grind, they have a student athlete planner. And it was just awarded at the ABCA, which is the convention for baseball, as like the most innovative product of the year. So when I tell you that this student athlete planner is amazing, it truly is. I wish I would have, I wish, I wish Joe would have created it when I was younger. <laughs> um, but it's out now. And if you need to be able to organize your day and schedule your day from school and a softball perspective or whatever your sport is, it's a super, help, super helpful tool. Um, I'll make sure to put the student athlete planners um, link in my bio. And as always, you can use my code Ashley B for like a 10% discount, which use it. Why not? So schedule your every day. All right. We're moving on to number 12. All right. Number 12, Ashley, stop hitting the snooze button on your phone. I always used to hit snooze in high school and I was always running late. And honestly, I've learned through time and education that you get the crappiest sleep when you hit snooze and then go back to sleep. You don't get to REM, which is basically where your brain is recovering the most. And it's not great sleep. So like, just get up, just wake up. Like you think that 10 minutes, that 10 extra minutes of sleeping is helping you. It's not. You would have been more productive, Ashley, if you would have just stopped hitting snooze and got up when you were supposed to get up and didn't rush. And honestly, I was late to school a few times because I hit snooze. So stop hitting snooze. Just get up. Get up, do the thing, have a routine. Your life will definitely be so much better and smoother if you do that. All right, number 13. Ashley, you need to stretch more. I learned the power of stretching and yoga and breath work and all that stuff way later. But seriously, if I would have spent more time stretching, which is like, you know, five minutes after practice, five minutes after a game, maybe 10 minutes because games tend to really wreck you sometimes. But if I would have spent more time stretching, I'd be here at 30 being a lot more flexible. (laughs) So... I think when it comes down to injury prevention and we've had a whole episode on stretching before, I really wish I knew exactly which one it was. I'll put it in the show notes if I find it, but stretch more, like get the, get the hamstrings, get the, the, get the quads, get the glutes. You catchers, if you are not getting your glutes and your hip flexors stretched, bro, it's going to be a short, it's going to be a short career for you. So the power of stretching, I wish I would have learned it more. Please do more of it. All right, number 14, it is A-okay to be a quiet leader. A-okay. Being a quiet leader, I thought was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I, I feel like I don't have the courage to be loud a lot of times, but I was the quiet leader and my sister Christina and I did an episode on the power of being a quiet leader and how you can still be a quiet leader and make your team better. But I used to think it was a weakness because I had teammates that were super loud and sometimes obnoxious and had a ton of energy, but that like wore me out. So I was the leader that 
you know, always did what she was told, did it to the best of my ability, went all out when I needed, got excited when I needed to. It's not like I would get a double and not be pumped, but I did the things that I was supposed to do and I kept my head down. So being a quiet leader is a-okay, Ashley. You don't have to be like anybody else. Just be yourself. Number 15, I wish I would have read the book Mind Gym much sooner. I actually think it's right behind me. I'm going to grab it. This was a required reading that we had. I think it was my freshman year of college. So either between my freshman and sophomore year or going into my freshman year, Mind Gym, An Athlete's Guide to Inner Excellence. This book absolutely absolutely changed my life. When I tell you every single page has at least a highlight or an underline or something in it that I took away from, oh, I just lost my bookmark, but this book literally changed my life. Um, I I literally, I'm going to tell you to go buy it if you don't have it. I think it's like maybe around 20 bucks, but this is something that I've read probably four times and I don't like to read. Okay. If, if I don't like to read and I like this book, oh, actually it's $16.95. Sorry. I just found, I just found it on the back. That, that tells you that this book is powerful. It is, it is an absolute game changer to be able to correlate or put together the mental game and the game of softball and actually whatever sport you play, putting them together. So it's like in the gym, you put in your reps, right? Like you're told to do like 10 burpees, 10 pushups, whatever. Well, this is like how to put in your reps on the mental side. And you guys know me, I'm huge on the mental game. Um, this truly helped me unleash my potential as a hitter, as a defender, as just an overall person, human being. So Mind Gym, go pick it up. I literally, I don't get any proceeds from this at all, but go pick it up. I wish I had a promo code for you, but I don't. But I like that in here as well. There's a lot of um, baseball analogies and we know baseball and softball are very similar sports. So they they share a lot of stories about baseball players. Um, I think even A-Rod has a forward inside it. So it is really good. And I wish I would have read this book sooner. Y'all are the absolute coolest. I love being able to check out reviews every once in a while on Apple Podcasts because you can literally write reviews on there. And this one is from BMH Cookie 18. I love cookies, so I love your name. And they named it Awesome Podcast in all caps and rated me five stars. You're the best. They said, I love listening to Ashley every night before bed. I, no joke, have an entire notebook dedicated to this podcast. By the way, I would love for you to share some of those notes with me. I literally would love it. They say, I absolutely would recommend this to any softball players, parents, and coaches. Keep up the good work. Well... You keep up the good work. I am honored to have you as a listener of the podcast, just like all of you. If you are taking notes from these episodes, that is the dream because I know you're able to take some of these concepts and start using it in your own game and beyond. So thank you so much for this amazing review and thank you to everyone who leaves a review. If you want to leave a review, you might be showcased on this podcast. So I appreciate every single one of your reviews. You help this podcast grow and help me create the goals that I have for myself so that this podcast can reach more people. And did I say we're listened to in like 14 countries? Absolutely insane. Um, But thank you so much for the review. I can't wait to share more with you on the podcast. And just thanks for sharing. You're the best. All right, let's head back to this episode. 
All right, we've hit the halfway point. I think these will go faster than the first half. We'll actually see how that actually goes. Um, but number 16, visualize the day ahead the night before. What, what do I mean by this? If you're going to go play against UCLA tomorrow, it would be really good for you to get your mental rehearsal in. So Hannah Huseman, she came in and she talked to my virtual hitting academy members last, um, a couple months ago, and she talked about mental rehearsal. And this is something that you can do from your bed. Literally, you can be in a comfortable state of with your head on a pillow, laying in bed. But what you do is you close your eyes and you literally play a movie in your head of how you want the next day to go. So if, I, if you're playing UCLA tomorrow and you're going to have about three at-bats, three opportunities to hit off of an All-American pitcher, what's your plan? Being able to do that, one, can help the nerves for the next day because you've already been there, quote-unquote, in your head. It also can help set you up for success. So if you see yourself hitting a line drive at the middle and you have literally seen yourself from either an outsider's perspective or you've kind of like been in those shoes, you're definitely going to show up and do the things that will require you to hit the ball up the middle. I did this mental rehearsal before I actually played UCLA and I went four for four with a home run and a triple and it was I almost hit the cycle. It was insane. But ever since I learned how to do this mental rehearsal before I met Hannah Huseman, who's also been on the podcast, I was doing this and finding myself to be more successful and less nervous in pressure situations. So visualize the day ahead the night before. I wish I would have learned that before I got to college because I think that would have really helped me in travel ball and earlier. So try that out. It's kind of weird at first, but just picture yourself being successful and you will be successful for the most part. So go try it out. Let me know how it goes for you. All right. Number 17, study more softball. I've shared with you so many times. My dad and I watched YouTube videos like crazy. We watched softball on TV a ton, but like, I feel like I still could have done more. And I think I always leaned on my dad to watch it with, but I didn't have a phone back then. I know I'm aging myself. I am 30 but I had access to a computer. I probably should have spent a little bit more time researching, you know, players that I enjoyed watching, researching drills that could help me be better on defense and hitting. But I really think I could have studied more. Now, yes, I needed to study in academics as well. And maybe that's what hindered me from studying softball as much as I wanted to. But if you like to study, especially the game, like all my virtual hitting academy members, they have an app where all of my drills and mental skills videos are. And I tell them all the time, like, hey, you're in the car on the way to a practice, a tournament, whatever. Just turn it on. Just turn it on. Spend 10 minutes doing that instead of watching TikToks, um, which there are some educational TikToks. I get it. Uh, but study. Just, just study. Absorb it. Take what you need and use it. Go to practice and use the skills that you learned. I wish I would have studied more. Number 18, I wish I would have asked my coaches more how I can be better for the team. This is a strategy that I put inside of my confidence course um, because I, th I think when you do courageous things, it makes you more confident. So one of the days is calling up your coach and asking, hey coach, like how can I be better for our team this year? And you know, it's funny, I could easily have that conversation now. I could not have easily had that conversation at the age of 10 or 12. So I know this one sounds extremely scary, but I wish I would have learned how to use that muscle 
much earlier when I had little to no confidence um, public speaking or even just talking to people with authority. So don't be afraid to ask your coach how you can be better. I guarantee you most coaches are going to be super supportive and actually give you good feedback and it'll be a great conversation. I had an athlete in VHA tell me she did this with her coach and it was supposed to be a 15 minute call and it ended up being over an hour. So all good things could come from this. Really all good things could come from this. So don't be afraid to ask your coach how you can be better. Number 19, I wish I would have learned how to journal sooner. And I wish I would have journaled more. If you don't know how to journal, what I think that I could have benefited most, especially at a younger age before high school, was journaling the great performances, like from the beginning of what I can remember from that day to the absolute end, journal all the good things that happened that day. And then potentially also journaling the really crappy days or weekends that I had, because it leaves clues. So if you had a super successful outing, you know, maybe like two times this summer and you would have wrote down what you did from start to finish, I bet those two days would have been very similar. Um, Same thing with the not so great days. Like maybe you slept really bad that weekend or you had a sleepover and only slept for two hours. And ironically, you had another bad outing and that was similar. It leaves clues. So when you're successful, success leaves clues, but also our not so good performances also leave clues. So if I would have just at least journaled about the great days and the not great days, I feel like I could have owned my game so much more and started doing the things that made me successful. When I learned that eating, this is going to sound really funny, but eating oatmeal and, and I don't eat just the oats guys. I literally deck out my oatmeal a ton. Um, but when I had oatmeal at the hotel before games, like I felt full, but also like not heavy when I was playing and I wanted to feel light on my feet when I played, I just really loved how I performed when I ate oatmeal. So as often as I could, I ate oatmeal because I learned that about myself. If I would have journaled about that much sooner, like, Hey, oatmeal or whatever food you like to eat that helps you perform well. If you would learn that about yourself you now can add that to your routine and watch yourself thrive. So I wish I would have journaled more. I really do. Number 20, I told you I was going to come here. Sleep is way more important than studying until 1 a.m. Let me say that one more time. Sleep is more important than studying until 1 a.m. Your memory will literally be absolute crap if you get little to no sleep. What I mean by that is like less than five hours of sleep. Okay. So College Ashley thought that she had to procrastinate and make sure she studied until she literally fell asleep on her book and then have to go take a final the next morning. Um, I don't think I remembered anything I learned that night before. (laughs) So um, I've learned this from sleep experts. A lot of them have come and talked to me, um, to our teams in college. If you just get more sleep, you will recover better. You will have better memory from even what you learned the first time you learned it, not just what you learned the night before but prioritize sleep. And that doesn't mean we should not be studying. That means don't lose tons of sleep just to procrastinate and study until the end. I used to do that all the time. Literally got me nowhere. I actually need to add another bullet point to number 20. Don't procrastinate your studying until the night before. (laughs) I used to do that all the time. Like when I learn something, I need to learn it many times before it sticks. So doing it all the night before is not going to help me whatsoever. So 
sleep, prioritize that, especially when you have a big exam or a big game. Okay. Very important. All right. 21. We are in the twenties. Look at us. Wear the jacket. (laughs) I'm about to make so many young athletes upset because I don't know what it is about the pride we have, but like literally there is snow on the ground. It is less than 30 degrees where I live. Why on earth did I think it was a good idea to walk outside without sleeves on? Um, Especially after a basketball practice where I was just sweating my face off. And now I'm getting into the car with frozen beads on my head because of the sweat that just froze. Probably would have been less sick if I wore the jacket. Um, So I know it's not cool to wear the jacket, um, but put your health before being cool, please. And just wear the jacket. All right, that's number 21. 22, this is a big one. Pause if you can and just listen for a second. Hang out with confident people and people that aren't negative, okay? Um, Who you associate yourself with will be how you see yourself. So I made the mistake of hanging out with some people in high school, even before high school, that made me feel really bad about myself. And when I hung out with those people, I never left feeling fulfilled. And for some reason, I kept hanging out with them. Maybe it was to fit in. I don't know. But I really wish I would have hung out with other people that were just confident people and that were bold. And Part of me wishes my sister Anna, who's eight years younger than me, was more my age because I feel like she could have helped me learn about confidence at a much earlier age. But if you hang out with confident people, if you hang out with people who inspire you, you will be overall just better and you will have a better experience in life if you do that. So I think I learned this when I when I was teammates with Lauren Hager one of the most confident people I know. She two-time national champion at Florida. And she has, she literally left Florida with like 70 wins and 70 home runs. So like literally she could pitch and hit. She was just freaking BA. Hanging out with her, especially in my dark times of pro ball, it really, really did help me out of the funk that I was in. So hanging out with people that are confident, hanging out with people who are proud of who they are and aren't afraid to be themselves, it's going to help you unleash your potential. So I'm spending a lot of time on number 22 because I firmly believe that who you hang out with matters. So do a little inventory. Who are you spending the most time with? If they don't inspire you, spend less time with them. Easy peasy. 23, I'm a very competitive person. If you've listened to my interviews with my sisters, Anna and Christina, you would know we had a very competitive household. So we would play board games a lot. We would play cards a lot, um, bowling, all of these different things. I think sometimes I was a little too competitive. Like I've embarrassed myself and truly embarrassed myself by being so competitive, like throwing cards, rolling my eyes, storming off. Like when I lose, (laughs) like it's kind of embarrassing. Um, I still sometimes do it and I, I need to work on it. But when you're playing board games, have fun. I'm, I'm telling myself this, Ashley. Have fun. Make it about having fun. Like obviously play to win, but like if you don't win, that's okay. All right? It's totally cool. It's totally cool. 
I needed to put that one in there for some weird reason. 24, send your recruiting emails sooner. Now I am absolutely blessed with the scenario that I ended up having. Um, Playing at Purdue University was literally one of the coolest experiences I will ever have in my entire life. But I really think I would have had less stress during the recruiting process if I sent out emails sooner. Um, Again, I'm the firstborn. We kind of had to do a little trial and error. Um, Anna even said this last week on the podcast. She wished she would have sent them out sooner. Um, Just send them out because I feel like if I would have sent them out at an earlier age, like when I knew I wanted to play um, in college, I would have built better emails over time. Your first email is not gonna be that great, but your last one might be really, really good because you're learning how to do it and how to do it well. So send the recruiting email sooner, Ashley. You would have caused yourself a lot less stress. But again, I'm very grateful for the situation that I ended up having. So I have no regrets. But if I could go back, I'd probably say, yeah, do that sooner, please. All right, number 25. I'm going back to academics because I feel like a lot of us who want to play at a high level need to do well academically. And I just want to help you out as much as I can. So I used to try to study at the table while dad was watching movies or TV. And I don't do well with distractions. I guarantee you I have ADHD. I have not been diagnosed, but I have like literally every indication that I have it. So when there are distractions like my phone around, even my dog, um, all of these other distractions, I lose my focus. So I would have definitely benefited if I would have created a study space that was extremely quiet, maybe put some headphones in, found some Mozart, put it on. I learned that routine when I was in college, um, when I really had to focus on my studies, but I wish I would have done that much sooner, like high school, middle school, so that I would have been able to be much better with my studies. So create a quiet study space. It's just yours. Make sure all distractions are gone. Man, I wish I would have done that sooner. All right, number 26. So those days where I felt really negative or said negative things to myself or didn't have a whole lot of confidence, I needed to remind myself of what I was great at. Because when when we go down this spiral of negative thoughts, which we all do, literally to this day, I still do sometimes, that is the prime time to remind yourself what you are good at. Because over and over and over, we're going to say, I suck at this. I'm so terrible. I should quit. This is bad. No, what you really need is to stop, take five minutes and write down the things that you're proud of or that you're great at. Because as soon as you do it, you will realize that you are okay and you are great at the things that you put effort in. You just, you lost sight of it for a second. So I wish I would have done that more, especially at a younger age when I literally had a lot of confidence issues. So try it out. If you're ever in a rut, set a timer, write down the things you're great at, remind yourself how great you are and move on. Boom. All right. 27. (laughs) This one I already said before. Um, Number seven, ironically, I said, ask for help in school. Um, I'm saying ask for help. I'm spending two of my 30 points saying ask for help because in pro ball, I never asked for it. And pro ball was the worst experience for me from a softball perspective because 
I was too afraid to ask for help. I felt like, oh, I'm a 24-year-old that's navigating this crazy journey of professional life and I should have it figured out. I should be able to figure it out on my own. There's no way I would have been able to get out of the rut that I was in without asking for help. I literally, and I'm about to talk to you about him in the next bullet point, but I reached out to a sports psychologist and it was honestly too late. I wish I would have done it so much sooner because having someone to help me navigate my negative thoughts, I needed it so much sooner than I got it. And I'm just going to go straight into 28. Use your sports psychologist if you have them. If you don't, again, there's YouTube. You can research Hannah Huseman's not a sports psychologist, but she works on mental skills and how to navigate thoughts. There are so many resources, free resources out there that can help you. So my sports psychologist in college was Dr. Chris Carr, and he now literally oversees the psychology and sports performance area for the Green Bay Packers. Like he knows what he's talking about. I had him on the podcast in episode 39. So if you go listen to that episode, your your mind will be absolutely blown. But Dr. Carr, um, he was able to help me learn some tactics like br- breath work, journaling, meditation, like these specific things that allow you to, to start really getting internal, but in a positive way, like learning who you are and how you function and how to talk to yourself in a calmer, smoother voice so that you can see yourself be successful instead of have scrambled eggs in your brain. But asking for help, especially from someone who knows how your brain works better than you, (laughs) was super, super helpful for me. So 27 and 28, Don't be afraid to use a sports psychologist. I was actually told in college I wasn't allowed to use him. So I found a way to use him when I was a professional athlete, thank goodness. But if you have options or an outlet, someone that knows this stuff, go use them because it only helps you. It will not hurt you whatsoever. All right, we're getting to 29 and 30. So 29, humility is a superpower. When I say stay humble at the end of these episodes, it's because my dad truly taught me what being humble was like. And actually just everybody that was in my family really taught me about humility. But being able to do things without needing credit and just doing things because you know it's the right thing, that itself will go much further than anything. You're not going to be able to play this game forever, but if you can learn through the discipline of the sport to be humble, especially when great things start happening to you, you're overall going to be just a better human. Um, You're going to be able to be a better employee one day for whoever you work for. Maybe it's yourself, (laughs) but being humble, if it's not at the forefront, it's, it should be. And I, like I said, I was raised to be to learn what humility is and to live it out, but I didn't always live it out. There were times I just wanted to brag and be like, yes, like I hit this home run. Like I'm so proud of myself, but the people that need to see it will see it. And that's something that my dad taught me. So being humble is a superpower. So lean into it, which brings me to number 30. Keep your head down, keep your head down and do the dang work. Quit looking up and comparing yourself to the people around you. The second I did that, the second I lost who I was and what made me great. So 
having the discipline to be able to keep my head down, especially when there were distractions everywhere and anywhere, that's what I believe allowed me to be great in this game. And I think I could have even done it better. So don't like, don't be afraid. Keep your head down on the work that you're doing and understand your journey will look different than everybody else's. And that's the point. There is no cookie cutter journey from you where you are now to the goals that you have for yourself. But if you keep putting your head down, getting in the sweat, putting in the work, not taking no for an answer, like work your tail off for what you want, you will get there. And I think I needed that reminder often. And like I said, like I was able to reach amazing heights in this game. I got to play professionally against some of the best in the world and with some of the best in the world. And some of them are still my good friends to this day. And that would not have happened unless I kept my head down. And I was reminding myself to do that. I had coaches, I had my dad, I had my mom to, to just do, say that for me. And if nobody has said that for you lately, I'm saying for it to you now. Keep your head down, keep putting in the work, quit looking around and comparing yourself, do the dang work and you'll be proud of who you are. All right, that's 30 pieces of advice that I would give younger Ashley. And yes, it was kind of a long episode, but 30, that's a lot. Yes, I'm old, I'm getting there. I literally got a Charlie horse last night when I was sleeping. <laughs> Welcome to 30. But I I really hope that you could take away one or two of these. And if you need to re-listen to this episode, maybe just like save it, download it, whatever you need to. Because it's one that I'm probably gonna have to listen to more than once as well. <laughs> I always listen to my episodes more than once. But this one specifically, I think sometimes I, I give you things that I need to give myself. And this these pieces of advice, I still need to be giving myself. So I hope you learned at least one thing from today. If you loved it, please share it on your Instagram stories, share it on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to get this podcast to reach some goals that I have for myself so that more people like you can hear these messages and listen to these amazing guests we get to have on the show. So please like it, share it. If you haven't written a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would love it. Um, again, that helps the podcast grow. And I want this, this podcast to get to the heights that I know it can. So thank you so much for everyone who's left a review, shared it with anyone. It's truly, from the bottom of my heart, it means the world to me. And that would be the best birthday gift if you shared it. <laughs> I didn't even say that before, but that would, that would literally mean the world if you shared it with someone. All right, y'all, we have a episode with a special guest next week, but don't forget to stay awkward, stay humble, keep smiling, keep working hard towards those huge goals of yours, and I will see you next week. Bye for now. Bye.